Hello, Husky Nation, and welcome to this week's episode of Dog Thoughts on Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven channel. On my screen, she's this direction. On yours, she's probably this direction. But with me is, yeah, like the Brady Bunch, um, is Kayla Olin. And I'm surprised, do you get that Brady Bunch joke? Yes, Brady Bunch was kind of on more of the like nighttime ones with like George Lopez, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So I got all those like three Three's Company. Those were kind of wait. Do you know Three's Company? Can you sing the song? Come and knock on our door. <laughs> oh man! Now I, I feel like you're a true daughter that you actually know these things. Wow. That's what, that's the only reason why I'm allowed to participate in this all decade talk is because <laughs> I actually know some things. <laughs> and, and that's really, and, uh, let me introduce what the topic is. Um, we're going to talk uh, about uh, the all decade team and, and my process for putting this together is I sent ballots out, I've sent out 50 ballots and I weighted it heavier in the, on the side of players I sent it out to 25 players and I think all but one or two came back but I wanted it to be more about them and I wanted everybody to be involved because I included um, a, a total of 25 fans media um, and, and observers from the outside like Mike Yam um, and Yogi Roth and and other you know uh, guys that have been around the, the program for a long time. So what I did was I, I really, initially I left it open. I left the, the ballot open and everybody sent in their nominations. When we, when I had all the nominations, I then sent it back out to everybody and they went through and they rated and they ranked uh, or they voted for uh, first team, second team. And out of all of that, I think it came up with something that is more reflective of, I think, what how the program was transformed. Um, and I, I like that that you you grew up loving Jake Locker, and that's really kind of the beginning of the decade. Okay, and so you've been following Husky football for a very long time, Kayla. Um, and, and so I, I want to get your initial reaction because Jake Locker was not eligible. His, his last pass was thrown in 2010. We're doing this from 2011 to 2020. So I want to get your initial reaction to, to just, you know, we have Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, Chris Polk, uh, John Ross, Dante Pettis, Jermaine Kurz, AJ, ASJ, K. Dotton, Trey Adams, um, Jake Eldrincamp, Nick Eldrincamp, Nick Harris, Senio Kelamay, uh, Caleb McGarry, and then a versatile offensive lineman of Nick Harris. That is the first team offense. From your perspective and what you kind of grew up, are those some of the names that you really associate with, uh, with Washington football? I think that I put almost all of those as my first team. I think I kind of wasn't really sure with Chris Polk, to be honest, on that first round. I put Bishop Sankey, actually, kind of with that first team, along with Miles Gaskin. Um, as for kind of shock value, I wasn't really shocked at the names because they're a lot of the bigger names that Washington fans 
were heard repeatedly. You heard Jake Brown going into the record books, Smells Gaskin going into the record books, Trey Adams talking about being a first rounder, Caleb McGarry goes in the first round, Nick Harris, he's got his dance moves. They're names that you constantly hear. And so the names weren't a surprise to me on the first team. I think the surprise for me in general, because like you mentioned, you took a wide group, you took players, you took fans, you took media, you took public figures, everything like that. And if you look at Washington's social media fan base and the followers, they seem like they don't really agree on anything or, you know, like it's not a very consensus mindset on the team or the roster and so when you're looking at the numbers and you see how many tallies the first team outweighed the second team numbers by a wide majority and I think that shocked me a little bit more than anything was such a big gap between first and second vote and the the but but the to have Bishop Sankey and Chris Polk so close, I nearly, I, I almost wanted to do three first, like, like they're running a wishbone, um, but have three starting running backs because Bishop Sankey is kind of unfair that he's kind of second team when he meant just as much to the program when he was there as Chris Polk and Miles Gaskin. Now, Miles Gaskin was Mr. Consistency. He never blew us away with a 2,000 yard season. We could always count on him for 1,300 yards. We always count him for uh, 15 to 20 touchdowns. Uh, you can always count on him to come up with a big um, exclamation point at the end of the season in the Apple Cup. Um, but so he was the, the clear, obvious one. The one that I think sort of with, with Jake Browning and Keith Price, for me, it was no brainer to have Jake Browning in there. Um, I thought that he was going to have it by a wider margin, but looking at the media and, and all of those people that sent it in, Keith Price was clearly uh, the, the second vote getter for that. John Ross, Dante Pettis, Jermaine Curse, Those are the usual suspects uh, on the wide receiver. And we only did five, or excuse me, uh, three, uh, like it's a three wide receiver set. Could have done four. Jadon Mickens, um, uh, Casey Williams, Aaron Fuller, they're all second team. But again, like you said, it's a, there's a pretty wide margin. Austin Severian Jenkins, Kate Otten, um, those guys, we haven't seen the last of Kate Otten, but for the decade, Kate Otten, for what he brought to the Huskies program in four games last year, vaulted him onto that where uh, Hunter Bryant, Will Disley, Drew Sample, Josh Perkins, Darrell Jan Daniels, and J Jacob Kaiser. Those are all some, some names where the Huskies are known, you know, for a lot of people as tight end university. And you bring up a great point on all of these names and Hunter Bryant not being that first team selected, so to say. I really think that kind of just really breaking down who was placed where, if you look at the first team, they were kind of ones that had a very good ending at Washington. <laughs> As, aside from, you know, kind of Jake Brown, I think why you were shocked that Keith Taylor or Keith Price and Jake Browning were so close is Jake Browning's senior season didn't end with a win. It didn't end in the college playoffs. 
it ended with a loss in the Rose Bowl to Ohio State. And Jacob Beeson only getting one vote. So that's an honorable mention, you know, having these high hopes and him just leaving on not the best of notes, like record wise, stat wise, however you kind of want to look at it. I think that's where these numbers are kind of really falling into place. Hunter Bryant, some were seeing him as a first round tight end. The draft didn't say that way. And clearly people kind of seeing his final season at Washington didn't really see it that way either, especially when you look at Kadon, who had a stellar, stellar year last season with only four games under his belt. Yeah, and and to to imagine what he's capable of in a full season, you know, he's one of those guys that could be on the all-decade team for two different decades. It's terrifying I think knowing the ceiling for him and that he almost got away from Washington fans a season too early so very happy to get him back and kind of seeing will he hold on to that first team status will it maybe be a second when all is said and done in terms of that tight end you were talking about but I also really like how you included um a versatile offensive lineman and it went to Nick Harris because Washington has moved a lot of chess pieces around. Caleb McGarry is one that even moved before actually sticking with that right tackle position and getting drafted in that position as well. But Nick Harris being there, Coleman Shelton, Jake Aldenkamp, Luke Wattenberg, those are, oh, that's a tough group to kind of say who can move around the best when that's such a tricky situation to do. So I really like that you included that one as well. Yeah, it was so hard because I wanted to make sure that um, what well, you, you talk about Coleman Shelton, um, he is second team left guard and second team center and he's second team most versatile player. So, you know, he, that, he that plays guy, everywhere. Yeah. That there's, guy, there's three of him on the field. My favorite play by him though, um, was, I think it was an apple cup where may have been Keith price that got picked off. And you see Coleman Shelton flying down. Uh, he has the right angle on him and knocks him out of bounds, prevents a touchdown. So the guy, um, you know, he's in the NFL, and he's he's a he's a guy that um, I think may have gotten, you know, not the recognition that a Trey Adams got when he was there. Everyone thought he was going to be a first rounder. Injuries piled up. Caleb McGarry stayed healthy for the most part. Uh Uh-oh, that was number 19. So we'll see what we have to say about Kyler Gordon. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, so, so with, um, with, with Senio Calamente though, he had a solid year. A a lot of the media really liked him. Um, He was uh, from the, right guard he's the first teamer um and so it's good to see some guys that weren't around like you said closest to our memories but to really kind of still be a part of the all decade team and and then you know Henry Bainavalu hasn't played a lot but he made it into the second team so there's there's a lot of 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 guys and it's really fun to kind of look over this list and Think about your most fond memory. And I'm going to give you the opportunity right now for your favorite memory 
of the decade offensively? That's so hard because you can think of outstanding memories that did happen. But then I also think of, you know, being a student and watching it in the dog pack and like viewing it live because while one thing might be even better than my favorite, it's kind of just that atmosphere and being there is electric. And that also kind of sways my decision, I think. We've talked about it a lot, and you probably know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guess what you think. What you think? The, the one-hander in the Pac-12 championship. Oof, nope. Oh. Uh, the final two minutes against Utah at home. Ah, oh, where Jake Browning. In, yep, in 2016, just because it wasn't a one-person show then. I mean, Jake Browning got a lot of credit for getting that offense down the field but it was his legs and him taking a shot straight at the body on the sideline. It's uh, Dante Pettis. It's John Ross. It's Miles Gaskin. And then almost like the Cinderella story, it's Tristan Viscano, somebody who had missed a lot of important kicks that season. I wasn't looking. I was in the, I was in the dog pack and I had my eyes shut. I, I was that person who could not look and Sure enough, it was, it was electric. The stadium went crazy. And that was that moment where Washington said, yeah, we're going to the cultural playoffs, which is, I think, a turning point for the Washington program in terms of recruiting status and being relevant again. And, and that's the, um, the, the one thing that I think that, um, I think that Jake Browning was a lot tougher than he was given credit for. Um, he took he took a lot of shots, and it always seemed like one of those shots kind of woke him up. Um, you know, there was one where uh, he, it was on, coming off of the right side, and uh, and Caleb took the outside rush, and the, the other guy came inside, or it was the other way around, and buried Jake Browning. And it was like smelling salt for him, and they they woke up, <laughs> and they they torched. Um, I don't remember who it was, but it was it was in a big game. For me, the 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 play that that I, um, I mean, it has to be the point. For me, that is the offensive uh, play of the decade, and it goes back to Jake Browning bringing the swagger back bringing the brashness bringing the um i'm gonna get a 15 yard penalty but um you know washington football's back and that's what that said to me um my favorite defensive play though we're gonna stay right in here is when and it was it was defensive performance i'm actually going to say on this one was uh, was Samu Ching's three sack performance against Stanford? Um, uh, that was just the where he he got him and he came doing that drag, dragging his toes strut out of there, and the crowds just jacked up. His third sack uh, was late in the game where the announcer was like, "Oh, the quarterback got wrecked," and and so you know that was the performance for me uh of of the decade let's move along to the defense 
Because I'm just going to say, I thought for sure your offensive was going to be Miles Gaskin's uh, touchdown run in the snow in the Apple Cup. It's, it's hard to... That was going to be my guess on yours. That was... It's hard to um, to not have that one. Um, but let's, Because you were there. <laughs> you were there. Yes, I was. That's right. A, um, <laughs> they're all blending together now. Uh, defensively, though... Um, you know, the, the players that came closest to getting a perfect score, uh, were Vita Vea and Howie Kikaha, uh, Buda Baker was almost a unanimous pick as well. Uh, those three players were, um, were the ones that, that kind of, um, were as, as everyone would expect the biggest standouts. Uh, Hallie Kakaha has the most sacks in the decade. Um, Buda Baker, highest paid player uh, at, at the position, or now I guess it's second highest. And then uh, Vita Vea, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, you know, those guys are kind of what you would expect. Also, there's Danny Shelton, Greg Gaines, Levi Onzerike, uh, those four defensive linemen, uh, the edge rushers. We have Hallie Kakaha. And off of really kind of a four-game season, uh, ZTF is in there coming in over uh, Travis Feeney, just barely, Joe Tryon, uh, those guys. You know, Joe Tryon kind of snuck in there without having to come out for a senior season. Linebackers, a lot of, um, lot of good linebackers, that kind of guys that are still in the NFL, Shaq Thompson. Uh, ben Burkerb and Keyshawn Bieria, Azim Victor. Those are first teamers. Second teamers are Edifon. Uh, we don't need to say his last name anymore, I don't think. Uh, John Timo, Corey Littleton, Court Dennison, and Assam Wuching. Those are your first and uh, second teams. Defensive backs, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, Taylor Rapp, Desmond Trufant, Kevin King. Those are the first teamers. And how that really got spread out, it's you realize how many good defenses when you look at the three deeps at linebacker, at tackle, at um, defensive back, because Sidney Jones to be a second teamer, Marcus Peters to be a second teamer, Elijah Molden to be a second teamer, Miles Bryant, Jordan Miller, all those guys to be second teamers. That says a lot about the quality of defensive back university, West coast edition. Washington and Washington fans have been spoiled in terms of defense, specifically those DBs. I spent the most time deciding my picks with that defensive back unit just because I'd be like, okay, this one. I was like, oh, no, 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 maybe this one instead. And it was going back and forth. And I think what really kind of solidified my decision and balance, and I don't really think or know if it applied to kind of everybody else, but I also kind of thought the long-term impact it also had at Washington when I was kind of placing mine. So Buda Baker and Kevin King, you know, they're there and they basically started, you know, death row dogs. <laughs> they were that, some yeah, it was, it was yeah. um, the guy that actually uh, kind of headed that up was Azim Victor and Keyshawn Bieria was right there. They're the ones that actually went out and uh, did the logo, I think, and, and did, did the stuff. 
for that. And so that's kind of how, you know, and they are first team for the linebacking unit. And I don't think that took away anything that Elijah Molden, Miles Bryant, Marcus Peters, Sidney Jones, Jordan Miller, all of them did for the DBs. But I was also thinking, you know, just a little bit more of long-term and the actual impact it had on the program, on the fans, on teams and their perception of Washington in the NFL, like you mentioned with Buda Baker, Byron Murphy's making plays, Taylor Rapp is making, you know, that type of thing. So while it had to be Washington, I was, I had to figure out some kind of way to really pinpoint who deserved that first team spot. So I think it was more of just a well-rounded and overall aspect in those DBs, which kind of shocked me how hard it was to pick because whenever anybody asked my favorite DB, like Husky, I'm like, oh, probably this one. I'm like, oh no, wait, there's this one. It, it, it makes it hard. Yeah. And uh, offensive player of the decade. Um, I think everybody, um, I, I thought it was going to be Miles Gaskin um, in, in, you know, getting all of the votes, but it was Miles Gaskin, um, John Ross, Jake Browning, Caleb McGarry. Caleb McGarry was uh, put in by, oh, I forget his name. And I asked him, um, it wasn't me, surprisingly. Um, uh, I asked him, you know, why, why Caleb McGarry? And he said, because you looked at who was there on every single play offensively, Gaskin missed um, uh, a few games. Browning, uh, Caleb just didn't have an off game. He was he was always there. He for the amount of plays that he played to give up one sack his entire career uh, to be voted by the 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 other teams in the conference as the best player at his position on the entire offensive line says a whole lot about that. And I really am kicking myself that I didn't uh, pick him as well. I thought about it, but I didn't want to seem too Homer uh, with it. Defensive player of the decade, uh, Buda Baker, Vita Vea, those guys were neck and neck. Haliki Kaha, Ben Burkirvan, all those guys got votes. But special teams player of the decade, that one was, I think, the most obvious which was uh, Dante Pettis. How can you not have the NCAA record holder as the special teams player of the year? That's one of those like, well, duh. <laughs> one that while Husky fans can be decided on social me- divided on social media, that's one that they would probably always agree on. Yeah. Two seconds. Final thought on uh, Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel's all-decade team. The decade went by fast and it made me realize even on the lower years and when records weren't what people were hoping for, there's so many great Huskies and they put together great seasons year in and year out. And I'm so excited to do a decade one again later and kind of see what position groups look like then. For me, the, the, the thing that I like about this is I see someone uh, like you who now is hooked on Husky football and at my age, how I became hooked on Husky football. And so I really like that, that people are really kind of enjoying Husky football again, because when you were 
this. Well, wait, never mind. I was going to say when you were this. Don't time. start with me. <laughs> um, but you know, when when you were young, uh, Husky football wasn't great, but they rebound in time uh, enough to uh, hook you. Uh, that will do it for us for Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven Channel. I am Mike Martin. Keep checking for more content for Kayla Olin. I'm Mike Martin. Go dogs. <laughs> Go dogs.